All right, this is Ross Payne here with Roleplaying Public Radio, and this is episode 51, Info Dump. What What the hell? What? There was no announcer voice. Yeah, this is Ross Payne. No, 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 dude, you already started it. It's okay. over. You avoided it this time. What? I really, is, it, is, it, is it the holidays? No, I, I really wasn't making a thing about it. It's not that I, I don't make a big deal out of it like you, Tom. I, my life does not revolve around announcer hey, voice. some of us need this in our lives, okay? Well, Tom, we can stop and start recording again if you'd like. I'm that no, that was good. Thank you, Ross. All right, you uh, you saved me. Okay, um, yeah, we haven't put out episodes quite as fast as we usually do. I mean, originally our goal is to do one every two weeks, and now we've been going to a monthly format. Uh, that's because we've been working a lot of different things. Uh, I've been working on Zombies of the World, the book. It's you know my side project. I I know I announced in January, and I haven't done anything since because I'm doing this whole full color book that's going to be awesome and great. Yeah, I've series. seen it, and yeah, son of a bitch, I have to admit, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, um, but that's finally going to get to print at some point in the future. Um, so I've been kind of busy trying to put the finishing touches on that, and Ian Moody and Violet Kirk, both RPPR artists, mm. uh, are contributing to that. So that's, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of other things. Where, in fact, I have some news. And I've been, uh, I've been working on a game, too. That's true, you have been, and uh, Violet's doing the art for that. And uh, Ian. And I, and actually, uh, this will not be with this. This will not be with this group. I'll be running it for. It'll be my other group. The group you don't record for. Yeah, we will. We will be starting to record this. Oh, you will. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna record the fuck out of it, Ross. I will believe that when I hear it, Tom. I see. I. It's on. Oh, oh, is it on? It is on. Want me to take off my shirt and signify no, that it is on? No, it's. I already said it's on. You don't. It. Your shirt. Taken I, I'm, off I'm would, sensing a. Please God, do not take. No, the shirt off. it would signify horror. No, nah, just a thousand times. No. So we're talking about. We're talking about. It would be off. We're, we're, took, so we're talking about one d ten slash one d hundred. No, no, in, no. no. Tom, was. you're not. Tom. Well, you're sending mixed messages here. You'd be one one d six, Tom. Don't you? Don't flatter yourself. You're not. You're not that. I do what I can. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Tom's got his thing going on. Uh, we of course got tons of APs. Uh, speaking of that RPPR, uh, we are going to have a new Kickstarter. Uh, another uh, the the fourth in the uh, uh, New World series. Uh, this is going to be called the Ruins of Lemuria. You want to take uh, a wild guess what it's about? About the ruins. If you've been following the New World campaign, you know the the New World is scattered around with a network of ruins of an ancient civilization called Lemuria. And uh, this PDF will be a system-neutral, um, setting-neutral uh, sourcebook to create to run campaigns using a lost civilization full of uh, uh, ruins with advanced magic or technology or what it's have Indiana you. It's Indiana Jones-tacular. Well, Lost World, Hidden World, um, Plato's uh, Myth of Atlantis. I'm tapping into all that good stuff. Surviving a nuclear explosion you. in a fridge. No. Yeah, that'll be there. No. There's going to be a whole chapter on it. No. Yeah. No. I'm writing this, Tom. You're you're not writing at all for it, as far as I know. You haven't asked me. That's because, well, in this case, well, yeah. Oh. You oh, did, what? Did you did you write for the last one? I can't remember. For the no, book. I didn't. Yeah. So. I chose not to. Yeah. But you asked me. Yeah. And I politely were declined. Well. You haven't even asked me for this one. Well, if, I know you're going to say no. You're assuming. I am. When you assume, you, you make, make an ass. ass of you and me. Well, our episode's about assumptions. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. I know. Um, but anyways, we'll have a new Kickstarter up. We'll have new rewards. Uh, if you're a big AP addict, we'll have 10 new preview episodes, obviously, of the APs. You love those APs. Um, also, a uh, chance to sit on a Skype game that I will run. I will run Skype games. Uh, also, a chance to get RPPR swag, and that buttons, postcards, also uh, character sheets, notes, and other things, miscellaneous, unique uh, memorabilia from RPPR games, uh, i.e. Char- people leave their mm. character sheets at my house, and I don't throw yeah. them away. So I'll stuff them in envelopes and give them right. to you, uh, mail them to you. So. Yeah, some yeah, some additional pictures of the truly horrific, embarrassing picture with me and Henry Rollins. Um, I that's on the Facebook page. Yeah, I know, I know. So we could, we, uh, I wouldn't mind giving copies. That's God, I hate that picture. I hate it so much because I'm such a moron. Okay, I'm not as much of a moron as Aaron looks. Okay, that because uh, I have the deer in the headlights look. He yeah. has the uh, shit-eating grin. Yeah. Yeah. To which Henry Rollins looking all serious and yep. and there and there we are, dorks. Yep. 
So okay. God. All right. Uh good 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 time. So we'll, we'll so the so check out the Kickstarter. We'll have a big link on the forums of course or on the uh on the episode notes and of course I'll be promoting that quite a bit. Um so yeah, uh if you're if you're a big fan if you want to support RPPR, uh, uh uh check it out. So we will uh yeah. So and, that's uh, that's first announcement. We got more. Yeah, we do. We got more. Um next up uh RPPR, we're going to set up a YouTube account. And get the the best of clips from our uh, actual plays from the episodes. You might have seen this uh, on the forums already. Yeah, we'll have links to the forum thread. Help us pick the best of RPPR. If you there are particular little moments in RPPR from that anything you love, yeah, for anything we you know I've I've counted up. We we've produced over three hundred hours of content since we've been on there. Of course, obviously the vast majority of that is the actual plays because actual plays are long. You know, average episode is like three four hours long. We've got, you know, like 48 on the AP side, another 30. We so. haven't even scratched the surface of what we got. Yeah, we got episodes. Yeah. No, we, we well, yeah, I got a lot. <laughs> um, we kind of speeding up because we've been posting combining episodes. But anyways, we got a lot of content, and we're trying to uh, um, get the best of so people spread it to the wider internet. The you YouTube. Know, the YouTubes. Um, so we're going to make little audio montages, audio clips, and put them on YouTube. You know, two, five minutes long, whatever. Uh, so if you have particular favorite moments, go to register on our forums, post them, especially with the time codes, and we'll start setting those up. Um, if you're an animator and you really want to, and you're a hardcore fan and you'd like to animate some of these, I would... And get, you would, and get internet famous. And get internet famous. Uh, I'll contact like us. us. Yeah. We, can, we get laid a uh, lot. Yeah. And because yeah. uh, that's all about the podcast groupies. And, oh know, man, it's like they are, they are insane. Rolling Stones in the '60s had, you know, at their prime, nothing on on podcast. They are insatiable. They they are. I, we are why not anyway. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Tom. Anyways. I just got off work, so. Okay, <laughs> of course you did, yeah. <laughs> uh, so wearing your work uh, little shirt, polo shirt or whatever. Yeah, I did. Anyways. Um, so uh, that's something to look forward to. We'll try and have that first episode, first clips out uh, January, something like that. You know, try and, try and release them on a fairly regular basis. Um, and also, you know, so I have little viral clips that you can send them to your friends and see how utterly ridiculous we get here at rpbr because we take things well, we are compl- serious we are business. completely serious this is so so goddamn serious you you i mean it's so serious especially right. uh, and we are droll yeah <laughs> true we are motherfucking droll that's you that is yes um <laughs> Finally, we have. Uh, I just thought of this actually yesterday. Uh, we need, we're, we're, I'm looking into trying to set up an official IRC channel for RPPR, the official chat channel for RPPR. Um, uh, IRC stands for Internet Relay Chat, and it's sort of an old school instant messaging in a chat room. Internet. Thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of old school or whatever. I I, I don't know, but um, if you, I, I've just decided to start looking into this and setting this up. So. Um, I have very little experience with IRC, so I don't actually know how to set an official channel up. Uh, so we'll, 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 we'll post an announcement whenever we get that ready and up and going. Um, but yeah. So, um, any other, yeah. any, you know, I just got one other thing. Yeah. Yeah. By popular request, uh, cyberpunk lady Gaga 3.0 will be happening pretty soon. Yes. Uh, and that's, and that's a good point. Um, that's like the lady, uh, Gaga 2.0 actual play of cyberpunk that, that clips from that are definitely going to be in the YouTube account. Those are going to be some of the first ones we do. Like, you know, the, the whole hotel room, uh, yes. kicking down the doors. Like the uh, Japanese guy with his hands steepled. Yeah. Like I've been just like, let, like, so you're here. Grenade. Next door. <laughs> Moving on. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm calling it Gaga 3.0 Neo Jamaica. Yes. Because there's apparently a Neo Jamaica. And uh, since there's no source book from Artel Sorian Games about it, I get to make that shit up. <laughs> exactly. And we are, uh, yes, and we are talking genetically engineered pot yeah. that actually acts like a stimulant. <laughs> okay. Okay. Kind of defeating the purpose of pot. I mean, this is the future, man. Everything has to be a stimulant in the future. Everything's Everything will kick your ass. I see. And so the pot will make you psychotic like every other drug. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I think you're missing the point of drugs there, Tom. Not in cyberpunk, I'm not. Oh, I see, I see. Um, so yeah, uh, so we got a lot. Of, we we have a lot that we're we're creating, we're doing for you, the listener, the fan, the true believers. Uh, we only get up care. in the morning for you, exactly. 
something. Yeah. And, you know, Obviously. everything else we do. But Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Our whole lives. What is that? Work. Yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, info dump. Now, what 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 do I mean by info dump? Um, it's actually a term I heard from Diana Botsford. Uh, she taught me screenwriting in Missouri State, uh, and she you know was wrote for Star Trek: Next Generation. Blah 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 blah. Uh, I met her before. Yeah, and she, um, you know, info dump is a term that they use to describe the really the, the horrible practice in especially sci-fi movies or horror movies is like two characters walking down the hallway, they know each other, and says. So, Major Tom, as you know, Project X is a super soldier program used to create genetically engineered soldiers to make them killing machines. Like, but I was like, but I was, to, I was told that the project was canceled in 1988. Yes, you were part of the one canceling. I'm simply telling you this information that you already know. Well, those, as though someone were watching us and invisible and needed to know. But this. it was declared top secret. Surely it hasn't been compromised. Exactly. So that's that's sort of the the. Uh, that was uh, good together, the two of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, like we have a rapport. I know. I know. Uh, we we so it, it's a horrible practice in movies and comic books and every other sort of traditional storytelling. And um, you know, since a lot games, role playing games are often are basically always based on you know uh, try to emulate these kind of narratives that they kind of fall into a trap that's not very apparent. It's not something. A new GM will. It, this is sort of more of an advanced thing. Like, but you we're know, all about advanced. Yeah, this is more of a, a pro tip, a, a god to your technique. Um, basically, the the thing in role playing games is players and GMs have their own ways of you know. Uh, the problem is transmitting information in a role playing game, and you know it goes from GM to player and player to GM and player to player. Well, and, I mean, I've actually noticed as a GM, it's. It's an awful temptation to not want to d- reveal that much. Well, that's the thing because in, in traditional storytelling, it's it's bad to reveal too much information at once. I mean, the info dump is something to be avoided. Like that is bad storytelling in a movie. That is that is a horrible thing. And so GMs that's lazy is what that is. Well, it's it's a lot of things, and lazy is one of them. Uh, it's just it's just plain awful. the The problem is is that in GM, and this is very counterintuitive. It's actually a good thing to have an info to give the players more information than they want, um, because the central problem with gaming is player people do not you send out you know one hundred percent of information to players by speaking to them. That player is not going to receive one hundred percent of that information. They're only going to receive a portion of that. You know, uh, it's basic. You know, if you if you're a teacher, you already know this because students do not pay attention in class. I know I'm. I that's ridiculous. I listened very intently every moment I was in school. Uh, no, you no no Tom you. Oh, that's right. I didn't. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the the problem is, um, how do you? A player needs so much information in order to act in the game and actually do something that's interesting and fun. And the GM needs to transmit that information and get that information and get new information back from the player. So the the, the question is, how do you get the right amount of information to players, uh, to each everyone else who's participating in the game? And and the, the simplest way to do that is to give them more information than they need. You need to info dump because players will not if you whatever you think is enough is not going to be enough. And um, the reason I bring this up is because uh, Jason has started running our Dark Sun yeah. game. He we we have a rotating GM thing. So you know I've run games, uh, Cody's, Cody's running games, and now Jason has. And Jason ran into this, and it's not a very apparent problem. Uh, it's not something that you easily pick up on. I mean, you know, a bad player is very easy to pick up on. You know, if there's there are a lot of faults that you can do like, oh yeah, that's your Indiana problem. Jones and Son of the Witchblade. Exactly. Comes to mind. You know, that's... Yeah. Very obvious. Now... The red flags are very enormous there. But it's very subtle. And, you know, I picked up on it, but even I didn't act on it. So even I was at fault. And everybody else, you know, is at fault to one degree or the other. So we all kind of... We all... Well, it's, it's a problem. It's all, usually it's a group problem. Right. It, it is. And... It's a collective so, tell, problem. Why you, yeah. Um, tell them about it. Well, we... You know, we... You know, you know, once again, the horrible cursed artifact that, you know controls our lives much like ross you know you know sends us to this you know you know this town in this small town in the middle of the wasteland it's dying and decrepit and drying up and we go there and like you know most small towns there are little dramas which is what we like we of course we get to the town the very first thing we do 
you go to the local tavern because that's where all the quest givers and information is. So we're there, and we're doing what players do. I order a drink and look, just look around the bar suspiciously, but keep my ears open for anything of interest. And that seems to have, you know, for a long time, that's as far as we got. Because, you know, there's, you know, there's something going on over here, a conversation over here. But it really wasn't leading us to where we were supposed to go next. And so we started to linger. And then Aaron got to... I don't want to spoil too much on the game, but Aaron then did some stuff. Well, yeah. And... Um, Basically, you know, it was... you know. Well, talk for, about your, your thought process. I mean, like, what were you... Before that, you know, as you're getting into the game, like, what were you think? What information did you retain and what information were you looking for? Well, obviously, you know, I got, okay, the town's dying. It's drying up. So my first thought, okay, so perhaps this town is under some kind of curse or... Defilers may be active. Right. I actually, I, I had the same thing because I asked if I could tell if the defiler was doing that. And my character's trained in Arcana, so I tried to do that and I found out that. So we were but, both. So, you know, yeah. so we're on the same page. Yeah. So we, I mean, we, and I go looking for evidence of defilers. Yeah. But it, you know, I quickly, with my god, my insane godlike nature skill, determined no, it's just the water's drying up. It's not defilers. So at that point, I'm like, you know, I say, okay, so I, I'll go look around the town, see if I can maybe find the source. But I didn't find anything, and it just seemed like I was kind of wandering aimlessly. And like, I, it, reminds, it kind of reminded me of one of those old adventure games mm-hmm. where you know there's only one path, and you have, basically have to ru- take an item and rub it on everything on the screen until you finally find the combination. Right. So that was, that was what you were thinking, that was tr- what you were trying to find. I, I'm, I yeah, yeah, I'm trying to find out what will move, like what item do I need to click onto what scenery to move the plot along to the next point. Okay. Which and everyone was trying to do that in some way or another. Right. And but you know and a lot of since you know we're really really trying to figure it out, but just not getting anywhere. It was kind. Of, so I start found myself kind of wandering Dripping mentally. Off. Yeah. And uh, it's and that's I know that's a sign. You know I often do that when. You know, there's a group of players that are doing something on their own, or even more prevalent during combat. Right. Which, yes, I do. If it's not my turn, I tend to just and uh, uh, wait till my name's called again. Right. But during the game, when it's just you know when it's the investigative part, when I'm trying to figure out the plot, I normally don't try to. I don't find myself drifting, but I did this time. Right. Because I just I didn't know where I was supposed to go. Okay. And we were all going in different directions. Right. So you're trying to find some sort of purchase, some sort of, you know, way to push forward, and you just kept finding, you know, a blank wall, you know, blocking your way. Yeah. Just nothing. Yeah, it's, you know, as I click on it, it's like, there's nothing to see here. Yeah. There's nothing to see here. Yeah. Or, you know, like, you know, use item on this. Like, so it's like, that won't work. Right. And, you know, from my perspective, um, in the same game, my character stayed in the inn and researched the artifact. Uh, because I kind of figured, you know, I, I picked up that Jason wanted us to move to morning. You know, he wanted us to get to morning uh, because the sandstorm I, I see was a way for us to, like, you know, get shelter and wait for daybreak, wait for the sand mm. the storm to end. So I was kind of being pretty passive, and I assumed everybody else was doing and that. Actually, that's another thing, actually, yeah. the sandstorm. You know, I finally come along, and I think I finally come across something that's, you know, plot-worthy. Mm. So I'm like, all right, you know, I, I start to pursue it, but all it leads to is, oh, sandstorm's here. You have to get back to the tavern. Yeah. And that, like, okay, well, I'm sure glad I made that trip. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of felt like I was, I, I got, I got kind of, you know, pumped up and ready to do something that never happened. Right. Um, and you see, that was part of your, your thing. Jason didn't get that. And, um, and I think the problem, Jason, you know, we talked to him after the game and he wanted to give everybody a chance to shine, chance to do something. And we didn't really get a chance to do anything for, you know, for, for any of us to shine. Um, I think one of the, you know, for an example, um, you know, uh, to start getting sort of the rules is, um, well, for me, the first rule I think is, you know, don't assume what, you know, everyone else knows, you know, I, I, I kind of figured that Jason wanted us to move along and wait till morning, uh, because of the sandstorm and everything. I just assumed everybody else was, and they just wanted to dick around or whatever, and no one else picked up on that. And no, I, we were we were looking around. We were yeah. we, we were trying to pursue the next path. Yeah, uh, and we did not, and we didn't realize it was supposed to wait until I morning. Found, I found in general, uh, players don't really respond to waiting very well. 
I mean, just in general. I mean, very few. I very rarely met a player who was able to wait in character for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you give them a quiet time, they'll just like start freaking out. Or do what I do, yeah, which or, is drift away. Right. Um, so I think the thing, uh, uh, but Aaron, you know, so that, that's sort of the first rule of dealing with this information dump stuff is, you know, don't assume that you, what you know is what they know. Um, you know, and so as a GM, what you do is you give them more information than you think they would need. You know, I do this in the New World campaign. I give throw tons of plot hooks. I give you guys tons of information. I don't think I've, I've I always be err on the side of. Well, yeah. I mean, with, when you were running the New World game, is essentially you just saturated us with plot and information. Yeah. And then what the the best role playing came from us discussing that information, and then finally coming to a you know semi coherent group consensus on where where we should what we should do. Yeah. But we like we know like we know all that we know we know all the paths that we could go to because you've explained them in detail. Yeah. And we discuss it and we discuss it and we discuss it, which I think is some of our best role playing in that game. Right. And then finally, and re- a lot of times reluctantly, we finally come to a decision and we go for it. All right. And I I still know and sometimes in the New World campaign there were still plot points that I thought were very obvious that you guys didn't pick up on at all. And, you know, vice and there were sometimes there were things that you guys wanted to do that I didn't pick up on. Well, let's be honest. You did a funny NPC voice. You were going to do that again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if so, we, if, if yeah. it killed us. So, uh, it, it's kind of a variable thing, but, um, so I, I never assumed that, you know, I just gave you, you know, 100 units of information. That's all you need to know. I gave you, you know, 200 units worth and, you know, you would get like 80 to 120 worth, you know, you'd retain that much and that's what you would act on. And, um, so that, that's sort of, the other thing is, um, you know, you gotta be aware players have, I think everyone in the game, but especially players have a very selective hearing. You know, we all know that there are these different archetypes of players. You know, there's the hack and slasher, the role player, the role player, the munchkin, rules lawyer, yeah, the rules lawyer. And they're all, they all have, they're all kind of trained to wait, listen, certain keywords, certain keywords, certain, or certain types of things. You know, the role player will respond to the orphan or the uh, uh, the, the maiden who is talking or the bard or something like that. You know, the, the combat, the hack and slasher is going to respond to the, the gruff, you know, thug at the bar, you know, bullying people around. And the, munch- or the guy with shifty eyes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that's and so players will not pick up on what you think is important, but what they think is important. And, and there's a great example in the Dark Sun game because Aaron... You know, right at the beginning, you know, here's these two people arguing, these old men arguing at the bar about whether or not the Green Age existed. Well, it was words like blah, 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 Green Age. And yeah, Aaron, and, Aaron was not paying attention until those words were uttered. And Aaron's character, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but has a very, very vested interest in the Green Age, you know, in the history of Dark Sun. And so he, uh, um, you know, gets involved in their argument. And it turns into this big thing that takes a while to resolve. Yeah. And I really got to think... Aaron was the only one that really got to, you know, his moment to shine in that. In it that wasn't session. even really a shine, just a, but, a chance but, in the spotlight. Yeah. But he got the spotlight in that yeah. one. Um, because it was the only one it was appropriate for. And he, and, or he thought it was appropriate because he, you know, he heard that green age. Ah, I must interact with this. This is yeah. one of my keywords. And to be honest, that's actually kind of the reason, another reason I faded out is I kind of felt like, uh, like, well, I really have nothing to contribute here. Right. I mean, my care, I'm, I'm true. My character kind of, he went to the end and talked. Uh, he did talk to that little girl a little bit, you know, but that, that was sort of towards the end. Um, but so, towards yeah. the end, all you could do was, okay, I guess we have to wait until morning now. Yeah. Um, so, I guess yeah. it, I mean it took a, it took it took a too too long to get to okay, so we need to wait until morning. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, so players have this selective hearing process, and what happens is that there are these false positives, you know, they're red herrings. And every once in a while, that's very good, but you need to, this is, again, why you need to give them more information than you know, because Aaron thought that was a legitimate thing. He didn't think that, he wasn't being, he wasn't trying to be, a, you know, a dick. He wasn't trying to be disruptive, you know, because it's not in Aaron to be, you know, like no. that. So, um, but he kind of was because he didn't, you know, he got a false positive from what he was hearing from the GM because the GM didn't he didn't know it was just two old guys arguing yeah he didn't realize it wasn't important you know when I whenever I'm GMing I give the players like well you kind of see that these guys are blah 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 it's not really you know I try and hint to them you know or yeah, more well, or less explain yeah, it to well, them well I mean if, also if you if you spend too long on something you know like 
you know, like all you really need to say was, and there's, you, know, you also see, like you see two old guys in the back of the bar arguing about something. Uh, they mentioned, you know, you know, about the Green Age or something. But you know, he spent like almost Jason spent like two or three minutes on these two old men arguing. I, I and and not only that, I think the real red flag was they stood up to Aaron. Yeah, and that is like. It is such a huge red flag. That's like pi- that's like pissing on the shoes of a badass warrior. Well, no, they're, they're going to notice. Well, the players are all think they're they're badass warriors. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing is if you have an NPC that is mouthy, that is stands up to the players, that is a huge red flag to them, and they will always fuck with that NPC. In my in my experience, no, no, that's been my experience as well. Is that if you ever have any, most NPCs need to be very passive, kind of wallflowers, and not do very much good or evil, you know. And the players will kind of ignore them. But if they're like they stand out in the crowd, you know, they have bright colors and makes. Sh- you know, there's a there, there's a uh, conversation halo over them. Exactly. Then the players are like, hey, I need to go fuck with that guy. I need to go screw with him. I need to mess with his head, you know, because what's he, you know, having an independent will or, you know, what the fuck is that, you know? So, uh, like, like, I'm the hero. Exactly. Big damn heroes. And so players, players will just latch on to any, any NPC that gives them any slight of a guff or interaction or, you know, slightly unusual. So you need to be very cautious about that. I mean, and also I kind of thought it was out of character for two broken down old men to like stand up to a guy in armor with a big sword and all this other stuff yeah 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 so uh hanging out with a bunch of deadly other you know armed mercenary types you know our characters aren't exactly nice and hospitable (laughs) well you are to an extent well yeah but still i'm carrying around a great sword and chain man wearing chain mail so you know i've got little baggies of human flesh right exactly i mean we're not exactly you know uh we're not we're, we're not the huggy bear bunch right so yeah i so, so um, the key here is that as a GM, you can't solely rely on traditional narrative technique. You you know the three act structure, uh, comic book serial. You know you have to also look at actually. I think you know uh, design from a usability point of view, interface design. You know video game designers they have to think about how players process information how players learn how to play the game and they have to make it more obvious a, a golden rule of design is you know kiss keep it simple stupid and i think that's what you have to do as a gm is you have to keep it simple stupid because you know otherwise the players won't get it and they won't figure out how to play how to enjoy it how to get you know complete the scenario that you have ahead of them i mean this isn't always to make it you know oh go to the town and kill the dragon and you go to the dungeon and kill the dragon and save the princess. Well, you still have to make it interesting. You, yeah, you have to make sure that they understand what, what is available, what you are trying to do. And you have to realize they aren't going to pick up information the same way you are. They're not going to know as much as you are and they're not going to remember what you re- want them to remember. They're going to remember what they want to remember and what, <laughs> and what they're going to remember is what they think it, what they want to remember, you know, in the sense that, Oh, you, you, you said the silver key and the blue door when you really meant the red, you know, the red key and the, and the blue door. Was, yeah. Blue door. So, uh, because they're very self-serving, and memory is a very deceptive, very deceptive thing. Uh, That's why eyewitnesses are almost never reliable. Exactly. Except for me. I'm totally reliable. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you would stand up in a court of law because it's Ross. Exactly. And I have an announcer voice. I would totally testify in my announcer voice. <laughs> like, you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to so help you, God? I do. Yeah, I do, yes. Like, well, <laughs> you don't even need to put your hand on the Bible. That's yeah. good enough for me. Exactly. So this man's guilty. That's the uh, uh, as a GM. It, it, this is something that I don't think many GM uh, realizes that you know information is a very you know tr- the transmission of information from one person to the other is a very tricky thing. I mean, of course, teachers probably realize this. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, or at least the good ones too. But um, yeah, I've done that. I've been running games, and I don't, I, I don't even see it when they, yeah. when they don't, like. I've run a run a game before. Yeah, and. Um, to me, I mean, I it was perfectly logical in my head the whole time, and I just didn't see that the players weren't getting it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not. To, and you know, it's everybody has to think about this. It's not. I mean, the the main thing, main honest is on the GM, of course. But players, you know, you have to make sure the other the the GM knows what you're that you have a problem. You know, if you're if you can't figure something, I'll be like, I don't fucking know. You know. Uh, that's why I love the the uh, Call of Cthulhu system. Yeah. The idea roll. Yeah. 
That yeah. is so handy. That's basically a, uh, I need a hint. Yeah. Where's the hint button? Yeah, spoiler. Uh, spoil me. Um, and there, there, there are other systems that do that. And, um, you know, or, you know, player to player. You know, players have to be, you know, there, I think a lot of player conflict is based on the lack of proper information, you know, to one another. So, um, I mean, not all of it. Obviously, a lot of it could be, like, incompatible personalities and belief systems. Yeah, and... No, the, the players too. The players, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been in a game before. One of the players was, yeah, you know, like was looking for like, okay, like what's the quickest route, like road out of here? Uh, well, there, there's no route. Like, how could there be no route road out? I told you it was a cul-de-sac the moment you went in. It's, yeah. Well, I didn't hear that, and I've been, I've had the other players. Well, I heard that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah exactly. So there's always going to be that one guy. That you know, the players say retain eighty percent of the information. It's going to be a different eighty percent for each player. You know, there's going to be some overlap, but, but there's always going to. But be... that yeah, the the guy that forgot it was a cul-de-sac is going to remember that's you're going to remember that license plate number you gave him at the first yeah, of the game. Yeah, exactly. So uh, information is a very funny thing, and um, you have to uh, keep this in mind when you're running a game. You can't just assume people are perfect rational actors that perfectly retain well first of all if, if you know your group well enough you should know that's bullshit that is never gonna happen yeah because uh, someone's gonna bring guinness <laughs> especially actually, I, I, the games with guinness have been pretty calm i don't think I mean, no not calm but you know if you're expecting to retain information yeah oh um yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I, i'm not saying they're not entertaining they no, are they, they are they are um uh, so yeah, uh, information. Go information. Um, keep this in mind. If you have any questions or comments about uh, retaining information, the rule, how to transmit information uh, in games or anything like that, please let us know. Uh, email us or post on our forums. Uh, our forums are very active now. We got quite a few people there. We could always use more. It's just a great big on internet party with pictures. And we, we have followers YouTubes. now. We do. And uh, you can be part of the, the in-gaming crowd of the coolest pod, RPG podcast out there. We're so cooler than all those other podcasts. We're not even going to name them. Hey, other podcasts, you're, you're still cool. Yeah. yeah. But we actually talk about gaming. Well, <laughs> whoa. No, we, the other ones talk about gaming. There they're, they're, they're are a lot of good. Every podcast out there is just great. It's just super. We're just trying to avoid the war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, because uh, um, you know, like, Tom's letter is next. And yeah, of course it is. we have shout outs and anecdotes and an anecdote, and uh, so we'll be right back. Fight the power. By now, most of you have heard the news that George Lucas will be re-re-re-releasing the Star Wars movies in 3D, one a year starting in 2011. Now, I won't pretend that I know what all of the RPPR listeners are thinking, but I can imagine your reaction was somewhat similar to mine. I wanted to vomit up enough bile and stomach acid to dissolve a modestly-sized oil tanker. Just when I thought we had might be done with Lucas's decomposing artistic vision, it begins again. Now we have to put up with Star Wars bullshit until 2017. George Lucas is going to take a gigantic deuce into his hand, and the loyal fanboys out there are going to line up and to gleefully eat that shit. And they'll line up six times. As a side effect of this coming cosmic horror, I predict a lot more RP groups will be breaking out the Star Wars RPG. I have had a sordid past with the Star Wars RPG. I have had some really amazing moments, as well as some truly god-awful moments of failure. But despite my near-psychotic hatred of George Lucas's fecal film franchise... I must admit that I see Star Wars as one of the more enjoyable and, dare I say, fun games out there. Good setting, lots of possibility for role-playing, especially when your GM can tell a better story with more interesting characters than anything Lucas ever could. So, the Star Wars RPG is fun, but only if you get rid of the fun-killing millstone hanging around its neck. Yes, I'm referring to the Jedi.
Now, before I am declared a traitor to nerddom, please hear me out. To me, the Jedi are the least interesting thing in any Star Wars RPG. Why? Because I don't believe that most players can roleplay them correctly. Think about it. The whole point of the Jedi Order is to wield amazing powers, but re to refrain from using them frivolously. Can you imagine the average ADHD player showing restraint like that? I guarantee you that if you give a PC any amount of Jedi powers, he is going to want to fuck shit up with it. That's like giving a player a free ring of three wishes and telling them, now only use it to help others and never ask for anything for yourself. The other alternative is to play a Sith. Once again, the average player rarely does it right. In this case, most players I have gamed with can't do evil the way a Sith is supposed to be. They don't, they don't do it quite with the quiet ruthlessness that Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine are known for. In almost all the Star Wars games I have played or run, the Sith were played like this. Sith 1. I'm feeling a bit peckish. Want to eat some babies? Sith 2. You bet. I love eating babies. Want to go kill some orphans afterwards? Sith 1. Love to. I think the most fun classes to play are the non-force-using ones. Why? Because they are the most identifiable with the average player. Think about it. They are most often working-class stiffs, operating outside the law, wielding big guns, just trying to make it day by day without any authority figure telling them what to do, always looking for that big score to allow them to never have to work again. Sound familiar? Well, maybe not to, to you trust fun babies out there, but it does for me. So, Star Wars is again coming down the line. While I recommend not going to the movies, as the thought of seeing Jar Jar Binks in 3D makes my testicles want to retreat up into my body cavity, you might consider riding the wave and breaking out the Star Wars RPG. It can be good fun, particularly when in the hands of a good GM and dedicated players. And if maturity isn't in your gaming portfolio, you can always run a one-shot about shooting a porno to raise money to help the rebellion. You can call it Akbar and Leia make a porno. Take that, Kevin Smith. Thank you. Very, very, uh, you know, to be honest, I you know my, my fundamental the fundamental problem with the, with the prequels, there's no equivalent to Han Solo in it. I mean, Star Wars the original trilogy would have sucked without Han and Chewie. Yeah, because no. there would not there was there would have been nothing. You know, they're earthy sort of regular guys. There would have been no counterpart to the the mysticism of the Jedi or the Galactic Quest stuff. You know, and they were great counterparts. And in the in the prequels, they didn't have anyone who is like. You know, a bad, they didn't have to be a, a, a knockoff, but I mean, they had fucking Jar Jar Binks. They could have had, you know, they, uh, why couldn't have they had the the fat guy be like, "Hey, I'm a good guy." Oh no, no I'm gonna get clothed. All right, you know, yeah. I don't know. That would be cool. Actually, or my problem. First of all, you know, uh, Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman had no chemistry. That's well, because, well, to be honest, their dialogue was so bad they. Couldn't well, be yeah, I mean, I, I think they were trying sad. their best, but. I hate the sand on Tatooine. It's so coarse. It gets everywhere. That's literally dialogue <laughs> yeah. from the movie. And also, another thing is, in you know, from the prequels, we now you know, Anakin was never a good person. I mean, he was an altruistic little angel when he was a kid in the in Episode One. Yeah. But after that, he was just a whiny, duplicitous bitch. Yeah. So you know, his fall wasn't really a fall. Yeah. Like he it seemed like he was a Sith from the word go. Yeah. So, you know, there's no real change there. I mean, that's Actually, that's the thing. Everyone in the first three movies yeah. went through some kind of transformation, becoming better. Yeah. And that one, nothing changed in this one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There was a flack here. I mean, again, yeah, you have Han Solo going from a greedy smuggler to a... To a, a, general, a general in the Rebellion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Luke Skywalker going farm boy to, Fucking you know... badass Jedi. Yeah. Darth Vader going from Darth Vader to, oh, I'm, a I'm, I'm a good guy again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nothing ever changed in the first three movies. Yeah, yeah it's uh, they're crap. They are crap. Um, so that, that, those are very good points, uh, and we should we, we will never talk of them again. No, because this is all about gaming. Exactly, serious fucking business here. Fucking a. Uh, shout outs. So what you got? Uh, 
Actually, I'll go first. Yeah, why don't you? Uh, Rise Again, a zombie novel. Uh, it just came out. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. It is pretty good so far. It's it, its gimmick is, you know, sort of go. It's well written, but obviously it goes through a uh, sheriff woman who just got back from Iraq became sheriff. Her sister runs away, her teenage sister runs away because their parents are, you know, gone. And so she's trying to find her sister and zombies. Oh my God, zombies. And the thing is, the bad guys aren't the zombies. It's this uh, Blackwater-esque mercenary organization. Oh, private mercenaries. Fucking, yeah, fucking everything. Fucking everyone's shit up. And so, again, it, it, it just shows you, you know, the worst thing in zombies, in a zombie attack, are the other people. Mm-hmm. So... That's who that's who you need to be aware of. You know, zombies ain't no thing. It's a people. Yeah, zombies are just doing their own thing. Well, I mean, they, they're, they're they, still they, deadly. They, 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 they want to kill you and eat you. But they're manageable. Yeah. You know. And you can out you can outsmart them easy. Yeah, but people, man, they will fuck your shit up. Anyway. Just for the fun of fucking your shit up. So rise again. It's good enough. Okay. All right. Yeah. I uh and my shout out is uh keeping in touch with my like of old shows. Uh police squad. Yeah, I recently picked up the uh, DVD with the first and only season. Yeah, which is uh, it's Leslie Nielsen doing the this show that essentially was the you know, inspiration and basis for the Naked Gun movies. Right, which I thoroughly love. Right, and uh, I especially love the interviews with uh, Leslie Nielsen on it, where he explains why the series didn't last very long, which is he said in you know f- to get all the comedy in that series you have to really pay attention to get all the jokes. And you don't pay attention when you're watching TV. You're distracted. You're doing other things. Which is why I said why The Naked Gun was so much better is because at a movie, you are focused on the screen. Yeah. So you'll know... And I and I also just for fun, for fun watched uh, the Siskel and Ebert review of The Naked Gun and they loved it. Yeah. Naked Gun's a great horror comedy movie. You, you, I love them. Yeah? No? Well, the first one. Second one's actually really good. Third one, not so much. Exactly. But I, actually, I really enjoy the third, second one. All sequels are terrible. Especially the woman that played Barbara Bush, who got the crap beat out of her the whole movie in the second one. Oh yeah, good times. Um, I got a few more. Um, let's see here, Gamma World, new RPG put out by Wizards of the Coast, fourth ed, but with sci-fi twist. Uh, I mean, I've actually Gonzo sci-fi. Yeah, I actually I actually own some of the earlier editions of that book. Yeah, and it's much more kind of a serious RPG. And then no, it wasn't. And then then it was. No, it was it always was. silly. Tom. No, it wasn't. All those random... T- you're telling me all those random tables. Uh, are the copy serious. I have doesn't have a whole lot of random tables. It does. Are you no. talking about the D20? The the third ed version? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't count, Tom. Um, I'm sorry. The one t- I have doesn't count. No, that's, that, we, that is the this, the edition that is no one speaks of. This well, is, I just spoke of it. Well... What, what do you think of that? You're breaking the rules. You're a loose cannon. I'm off the case? You are. Well, the press is going to have a field day with this. It will! And, uh, anyways, Gonza, it, it uses a stripped-down version of the 4th Ed D&D mechanics, but it is, uh, I, I haven't, had, we, we are going to run it, we are going to do an actual play of it at some point, uh, I'm not sure when exactly, trying to get everybody together for two games a week is twice as hard as one game a week, ha <laughs> um, as you're well aware of, uh, probably most of you, uh, I'm sure getting, scheduling games is always difficult, um, especially if they're married. Well, no, it's just people who have lives. And especially if they, especially if they have a drug smuggling business. No one has a drug smuggling business, Tom. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. What am I talking about? I Ross? don't know. You're just making I, all kinds of weird accusations that can wind uh, you up in a fifty-five gallon drum of acid. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not naming names here, Ross. It looks good, and it, the rules are good, and I would recommend getting it if you like. Well, if I, I love Gonzo stuff, so yeah. It's very over the top. Um, yeah, actually, I've seen some of the the random, the random treasure tables, which include stuff like weed whackers and yeah, it's fun. Uh, plus, there are cards for powers, uh, character generation. Yeah, it just uh, I can't wait to run the actual play of it. So yeah, like we're playing a psychic cockroach. Exactly. Or yeah, exactly. Um, uh, then the unwritten. It's a new comic book series. Not new. It's been out for a while. Uh, from Vertigo. I'm just getting the trade paperbacks of it. It's about a guy whose father um, wrote him into what is equivalent of basically Harry Potter. Like imagine if Harry Potter was written by a guy and he cast his son as Harry Potter, and then the the author disappears, but his son is left, you know left behind. So the son grows up, makes a living at conventions, you know, signing autographs and all this other stuff. 
and then he starts realizing his father there's this whole weird conspiracy of literature and the, the power of literature and storytelling and magic and it's it's very i've only read the first two trade paperbacks i don't read the ongoing because uh, i'm just getting in trades but it's very very interesting uh, well, very, it, it, like the way it structures it i don't want to spoil it um it's getting into meta narration and meta storytelling i mean it's 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 very meta i guess it's, wow Meta. <laughs> I, i'm not selling it very well but it's no you're not but yeah it's worth reading it's fucking awesome it's pleasure. meta yeah yeah <laughs> and uh finally i know this is you know i'm just a horrible monster uh the walking dead wow imagine that it's on amc first three episodes are out already zombies i know probably the fourth by the time we get this out um it is uh incredibly well done Character drama, people are the threats, not zombies. Very gory. Frank Darabont, Roger Kirkman. What more do you want from me? I don't know, Ross. It's fucking what do great. you What do you want from you? I, I don't know. Meta. I like zombies. <laughs> yeah, that, you might want to get that looked at. That could become a dangerous thing later in life. No, it can't. It will... Like, when the zombie apocalypse ac- actually comes, you're going to be the guy like, I've got to get the, i got to shoot this. Dude, you are, you are going to be the photographer from Dead Rising. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do. Like this is awesome. Yes, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. And then drink, then chug a gallon of apple juice. Yes, orange juice, and get all my health back from the zombie bites. And then you're gonna find out uh, that's probably not the best thing to drink a, a gallon of at a time. <laughs> it works for Frank West, and he's covered wars, you know, with apple juice yeah, and orange juice. Orange juice, yeah. Um, so yeah, those are our shoutouts. We do uh, uh, want to bring back our, our one segment forum shoutouts. Our forums are popping with activity and got great posting, got great content, got great people out there. In it's fact, just great. Uh, in fact, Tom, there's one thread in particular. I know you. we both wanted to talk about it. Why don't you talk about it? Well, uh, all right. It's the... Uh, Order 66 tribute. Uh, I, I, it's so good. I almost just, I don't want to say it just because of the fact everyone knows what it is. Well, our regular forum members do. Uh, Order 66 uh, is not only a reference to a Star Wars thing, um, and not only, uh, or there is an Order 66 podcast, which is very popular, more popular probably than ours, I don't know. Impossible. Probably, well, I, I don't know, I don't know what their numbers are. It's higher rated on uh, iTunes. Oh yeah, by the way, if you're if you're on iTunes, please rate and review RPPR, and RPPR actual play. We, we, we really Need enjoy it. those. Well, if Tom needs it, I would Yeah, I, I need validation from the yeah. public. So... Uh, if you have an iTunes account, please rate and review it. Give us five stars and give us reviews. We love that. Anyways, Order 66 is uh, uh, the screen name of someone on our forums who is just a special little guy. He is a uh, one-of-a-kind person who um, he I, – I, I don't think he was a troll. I think he just didn't understand – like he – I remember reading the first time I re- he he came to our forums. He didn't find us through the podcast. He did a Google search for D and D, Dungeons and Dragons, and drugs, and cannabis, like you know weed. Mm-hmm. Because I, there's some thread in our forums about that, and so he registered on our forums without knowing that there was an actual podcast. And um, he's just been a special little guy. So we made our own little tribute thread about him, and uh, I uh, it was fun. So I wouldn't call him a troll. He's just a very, a special little guy. Yeah, special little guy. So and the thing uh, is, I can't tell if he's not li- if he's hating this attention or loving it. Oh, he, uh, I don't know. I don't care. I just find him entertaining. Image leeching. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second off, of course, we have pick the best of RPPR. If you have particular segments, uh, particular one of Tom's letters, something from this uh, one of our skits that we haven't made into a video or uh, something from one of the many actual plays, either on the, on the RPPR main site or the RPPR AP site. Um, please go to that thread, post it with a time code so we can get that up on the YouTube. And we're going to do some shit with it. Yeah. All kinds of image video there's stuff. Be, there's going to be yeah. so many images. You're not going to know what to do. with Yeah. Them oh man. Oh man. You don't even know. You can't know. Exactly. Cause we don't know. So how could you know? One can't be told what it is. <laughs> You'll have to uh, see. And it finally, for uh, Pirates and Cthulhu uh, discussion talking about how to run a pirates game, like uh, pirates, you know, classical you know, swashbuckling si- pirates, sixteen late sixteen hundreds pirates of the Caribbean type stuff. It was seventeen hundreds. Yeah, um, well, that was the golden age of piracy. Was the seventeen hundreds? Sixteen hundreds. Sixteenth century. Well, no, seventeenth, no, eighteenth. Seventeenth century, dude. 
Yeah, 1600s, really? Yeah. Uh, I think it's the Caribbean, the Caribbean pirates, or the Golden Age pirates. I think that's in the 1700s. You're wrong. I think you're wrong. I think you're. I played Sid Meier's Pirates. Oh yeah, that's that's that's. Hey, the gold you standard. do not diss Sid Meier <laughs> because he will t- claim your soul. That's the gold standard right there. He will it's claim your soul. I, I learned it from a video game. Hey, I played Civilization. Uh huh. And I happen to know for a fact that the Americans defeated the British in the Civil in the Revolutionary War using tanks, <laughs> as I did. M1A1 Abrams versus mounted knights. That's how it happened. The English phalanx failed against the stealth bombers. Well, I no, they were B-29s. Oh, okay. And I may have nuked London. Anyways, the thread is talking about how to run a Pirates game. Uh, I had to mix these two genres, Pirates and Cthulhu. And I just think they're, it's just, well, it's just super. It's just a great idea. Because we know you've seen you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Well, because uh, you live in America. Yeah, that's true. You've seen it. Yeah. I didn't even thought about the Pirates of the Caribbean angle, actually. I was just thinking, you know, Pirates, Cthulhu. Well, th- well think of, you know, especially the second movie. No, no, no. With the no, I see it now. I just, it didn't occur to me. Well. Now it does. I'm not that mainstream. You're welcome. I'm so underground. Yeah, yeah, you as in clueless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hip. All right. Yeah, this is the pulse of America. This is your finger, far from that pulse, Flipping stuck up off. your ass. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry, You man. wound me. I'm wounded. All right. Uh, finally. Put a yeah. Snoopy Band-Aid on it. Yeah. Uh, I have an anecdote. Well, Tom has the anecdote. Um, to set this up, uh, I ran a, a Delta Green playtest for a scenario that is yet to be published. So I can't really talk about what the scenario is about since we're not supposed to. Ugh. No, no. But there is a bit I added that's not in the written scenario. So but we can't talk about that. Yeah, because it's all on, it's all me. So Tom, talk about it. Well, all right, Ross. We were playing investigators investigating the random plot point we can't mention. There were murders involved. Of course, every Delta Green scenario involves yeah, murder, so that's not really a spoiler. Yeah, as you know, if it be, it'd be noteworthy if there was no murder. Yeah. But anyway, we were investigating, and through the cor- a, 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 a series of unfortunate events, <laughs> we find ourselves in this apartment of a woman. This woman is integral to the story. That's all I will say. And we suspect she is up to mischief. And we caught her, you know, leaving her apartment. And so I and another player chase her out. Which, no, she was coming back. You were in the apartment. Yeah, she and she was back. coming back and saw us and ran out. She was coming back, yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, I chased after her, and uh, I think it was Cody was playing. Yeah. I think so. And, uh, but anyway, I know it was Caleb who was left yeah. in, who was left in the apartment when the phone rang. And this was all you. <laughs> and so Caleb, you know, as we're like out in the street, you know, chasing after her, Caleb answers the phone, and it's from a, it's a guy from a demolitions company. Who is saying, yeah, I'm trying to reach uh, blah, 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 the yeah, woman. Miss Smith, yeah. Yeah, Miss Smith. And uh, yeah, it seems we're having a trouble on your demolitions license. The number doesn't seem to match, and we need to confirm that after the shipment we just sent you. Yeah. And like, what shipment? Um, oh, it's uh, blasting caps, ammonium nitrate, explode. Yeah. Uh, it's like blasting powder. Yeah, or Semtex or something. Semtex. And, and at that point, Caleb, you know, suddenly realizes... She's wearing a accoutrement. No, she didn't have a belt on. She was just reaching into her backpack. Oh, yeah. She had, she had a backpack. Yeah. A backpack of goodies. Yeah. <laughs> with wires. Yeah. And so Caleb, as a, we're just, you know, we're just trying to stop her. And Caleb you was know, trying to, running down the stairs to the apartment. And Ross, you know, broke it up very well. It's like us out there, back to Caleb, yeah. back to us, back to Caleb. <laughs> until finally Caleb gets out, just runs out and screams, she's got thingy in her backpack yeah which is not what he said but you'll, you'll, you'll wait till we you can listen to it yeah yeah and let's just say it was just the phone call yeah just a perfectly timed simple phone call like we're having a problem matching up you know trying to find the number for your blasting license <laughs> oh snap <laughs> yeah because the player who had the information was upstairs everybody else was down on the street level. trying to get to her and, and it was so a like, cra- it was a crowded street yeah and she's like running in the middle of the street and there's a bus city bus you know and we, like, you even said like there's kids looking it's like yeah. there are kids on you know, looking out the window and, yeah 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 it was uh yeah it I was, was pretty, very michael bay yeah <laughs> oh no no not him uh but yeah no i i i, I was really fortunate with how the, the timing of that worked out getting you know like the one player is the one information that he, they he vitally needs to get to everyone else but and we're like, downstairs yeah downstairs it's so out of character all the players like oh f- 
fuck. And we're not going to hear our cell phones right now. Yeah, exactly. And so it's it would turn into a big clusterfuck, and uh, it was a very tense, probably the highlight of the scenario. I mean, the scenario itself was kind of fun. Uh, it was pretty fun. It was fun. But it was that moment. Yeah. Just a simple phone call. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, it, it, again, information. It can also be very fun when you split it up and you're being, like, as a gene, being a deliberate basher and making sure the players who need the information don't have it. Just <laughs> That can be drama, you know, a little bit of knowledge makes a huge bit of difference. So uh, that's a very appropriate a- anecdote for this episode. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts, Tom, about uh, uh Information is good. As you know, information is As we are good. living in the information yes, age. Yes, as you already know, that it's important for us to uh, be aware of this. And also Project X, which is about, you know, super soldiers. and so yeah, yes. Making a call back to the beginning of the episode. I see that. Yeah. But wasn't that program canceled? Surely the government wouldn't have continued with it <laughs> illegally. Or will it? Dun, dun, dun. All right. And uh, so that's episode 51, Information dump, Info Dump. And we'll uh, see you next time. Clergy is in